All right, and we're back with Olivia about the capital city. Olivia, how has living in DC, how has this assignment changed you? So I think for me, it's it's changed me in ways, it's made me grow. So this is my last duty assignment. I came here in 2013, I came with my first child. Um, my child was two months old, was my daughter. And so, you know, I grew as, a, as an adult at the tail end and also as a mom. And um, the events of the country in terms of turmoil have unfolded for me. Um, and I divorced in this, in this city. So, you know, Black Lives Matter happened for me in this city. Stop Asian hate has happened for me in the city. The divorce happened for me in the city. And so, and all of that was happening literally across the river. Um, so the capital is literally just miles from my home. And, you know, watching the news and knowing that it's just down the street from me makes you reflect in life in many different ways. And for me, you know, some people know this about me, some don't. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate impact me very personally. And here's why. My children are half black. Their father is black. You know, Stop Asian Hate, I'm, I am Asian American. And so those two very powerful events that have unfolded in our nation impact my household. And, and I've been very good at protecting the brand of, of, of the U.S. Army. You know, I took my job to heart. And not only did I take that job to heart, I was very careful in what I said and how I said it. And when when Black Lives Matter happened last summer, I I looked at, do I say anything or do I not say anything? And I finally just decided that I'm going to say something. And, and I didn't say it as Lieutenant Colonel Nunn. I'm going to say it as Olivia Nunn, that it matters to me. Because not only at that time was I a wife to a black man, I'm raising children that they are half black. And finally, we're going to use this momentum as a nation to have this discussion at levels that we needed to have. And I wanted to make sure that we are going, we as a nation are going to have a change so that my children could have a change for their future. That maybe the the speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave on the steps of Lincoln Memorial, just down the street from my house, could actually come true. And so for me, living here is deeply impactful and has changed me in ways as a mom and as a retired leader. And has empowered me even more so that I'm just scratching the surface of the work that has to be done. I don't want them to ever feel that they're not enough being a biracial, they're multiracial, that the color of their skin is going to stop them from not having a seat at the table or that they're not going to be chosen or selected like I was. Because simply because they, they had the wrong skin color or that that they're just not enough, right? And I was told that. I've been told that numerous times growing up. And I don't want that for them. And and this is the right place to be. Yeah, I'd love to ask you a personal question, less about DC, but on this subject, it's so important and you have so much wisdom and insight to bring. 
Is there anything that you're doing differently in your children's lives to help address this? You're a change maker, and that's very clear who you are. And um, you are a disruptor and you bring the truth to every conversation. So I can only imagine it's like that every day for you. So what are you doing differently in bringing up your children, especially in DC? How many years have you been there? Uh, eight years now. Eight. So they've been there with you for eight years and they're seeing all of this unfold. As a parent, what, how are you responding to these situations with them? So I think the thing is, so culturally, you know, being Korean, you know, we don't, we don't, it, it's keep your nose clean, put your head down and you work hard. That's just our culture. And, you know, my parents did the best and for them, it was about assimilation, right? That's they, for them, it was act white, be white, think white. That's, that's how it was. And that's what they wanted us to do. Oh my and gosh. That's why I was stripped of not really knowing how to speak Korean. Cause I still remember my second grade teacher telling my parents, I don't know what language that you're speaking at home, but stop it. This is America. Oh. Speak English. Stop. Because I, my vocabulary was stunted because I did speak Korean at home. And so, so for my kids, I am very, very forward about affirmations with them, right? I'm every day. It's, I remind my kids who they are. And I tell them your curly hair is beautiful. You are beautiful. Who are you? You are this mixed heritage. This is who you are. You are beautiful. Like I remind them every single day who, you know, and I, and the truth is, um, both from my mother's side and my father's side, they actually have nobility. Like we are at, we actually have nobility on my Korean side. Um, it's funny because, um, you know, Koreans are all about lineage and stuff. And, you know, they like to say that we are nobody, but it's actually, we do have royalty in our blood. And so I tell my kids, like, you are of noble birth. And so I tell them that. And I said, not only are you of noble birth from our, your Korean side, but you are also the son and daughter of the king, right? So I bring faith into this, um, you know, and that is a journey that I've been going through about talking about, you know, like I talk about on my social media about being a queen. Um, you know, that's my own mental health journey about, you know, going through my divorce and owning who I am. And so I, so it's about those affirmations to my, to my daughter. I want her to own who she is about believing and knowing who she is and being in love with herself to own who she is. Um, you know, I don't want her to find her worth, you know, based on standards of beauty. Right. And that's hard for me because I wasn't raised that way. And sometimes I have to remind myself to say those things because that is not wired in me like that. And um, in our culture, we talk about weight a lot. Um, so I have I have some body dysmorphia, you know, concepts and and worth things that I have to work through in myself about how I see myself in terms of beauty and beauty standards. And so I work very hard not to talk about weight around her. I don't talk about her being fat or skinny or anything like that. And that's hard um, when you think about how we talk about beauty around us, um, how beauty and media portray what is beautiful, what's not beautiful, what is skinny and fat, and not to say those words around her. Um, my sister who lives with me, we talk about it to each other and we have to remind each other like, she's listening, right? Um, and there's a scale in my bathroom and I, and I weigh myself every morning and I have to tell her why I weigh myself because she now weighs herself. And I have to talk to her about why I use that scale to weigh. And it's not based out of 
hating myself about that, but about being healthy, you know, about what is a healthy weight and about and, and, and understanding what that scale means um, and, and having her understand what is health and, and, and managing that expectation because that is not normal for me. Olivia, it sounds like you are triumphing in parenthood. I mean, truly, everything that you've just laid out, I'm a new parent. I've, I've got a seven-month-old daughter, and I think everything that you've just laid out are things that have to stay in the forefront consciousness of your mind, on your mind all the time. If you want to raise kids who are not going to continue, you know, the, the sins of our past, right? So I, I want to thank you for that. And I just, I love you. I love everything that you're, you're doing and what you stand for. And I'm so glad that I've had this opportunity to hear from you and learn from you on these subjects. Okay. So, and I, I, I appreciate you answering such a personal question too on this show. I know we're, we're just supposed to be talking about DC here oh. and what it's like to live there, but I, I almost think that you can't separate these personal life issues from the cultural environment of living in DC. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up with um, one more question about what it's been like to live there and raise your family there. Over the last, uh, over the last eight years, the political climate there has been insane, right? The, the parties have been at war, Republican and Democrat are just you know at odds with each other for the past eight years so can you tell us um how have you prospered and thrived in that kind of political environment you and your family especially you have such a unique perspective of your children being biracial and you and your former husband coming from two different cultures who are just right there in the limelight of change right now what's it been like so I, I think for me, I try to stay apolitical as possible. One, because majority yeah. of the time here, I've been military and that, that is what we do, right? Regardless of what, what party that they are, right? My job is to execute what the commander in chief says. And oh, by the way, it is not who's in that seat. I, my job is to support and defend the constitution. That is what I swore the oath to. It's not the person, it is to the constitution. At the end of the day, I can only sit back and laugh. Like I laugh at all of it. And I laugh because you've got to bring humor into it. And two, you know, I am reminded of the fact that we get to laugh. We get to have a choice. That is what makes America amazing. That is what people are dying to come over here for. You, you have a choice. I have a choice. You don't have to agree with me. And the sheer fact that you don't have to agree with me, you get to wake up tomorrow. You will not be headed for that. And I think Americans have just no idea about that. So you have to look back and say, does it really matter if you believe in a Democratic Party or a Republican Party? Does it matter? So who cares if Biden makes this decision or doesn't make this decision? It doesn't. Laugh about it. Because you get to wake up tomorrow in a country, in the best country ever. There are people that are dying. They're dying. They can only wish to live in a nation like this. 
There are parents that would gladly give their life up, give their babies up for a dream to live in another country. My father's mother did that. She couldn't raise her own son. So she gave up her son so he could come to America. That's what happened. So my family had a chance to be Americans. That's why I'm first generation American. So for me, I laugh. So does it really matter? These political differences? I laugh at it. Because tomorrow, I'm still in the land of the free. I still get to have a choice. Because I understand. My family understands. My family, my generation, two generations were was annihilated. They were executed because they stood against the communist regime that came from China. So my family knows what war means. I don't talk about that. So my grandfather, he was the last of the Chongs because he escaped. So yes, my family knows what it meant to come to a country. So that's, for me, being here means everything. So when people get so bitter towards each other about these stupid concepts and ideas, I'm just like, you guys have no idea how amazing we have it. Just be happy that you have a choice. And that's what it goes back to in the conversation we had earlier. You have the right to have a choice exercise that right by voting when the time comes do the due diligence understand what the leaders have understand what they're running for understand their platforms and make that choice so when the time comes for them to make the best choice as a leader you know what they're going to stand for you know what they're going to do thank you olivia for sharing that really intimate story about your grandfather and your lineage and the chong family um it's really clear to me that everything that you may have experienced in our political climate in DC pales in comparison to how bad it can be. And your perspective and sharing that with me and with anyone who's watching this or listening to this, I think is going to positively shape someone's perspective as they're entering this location to serve there live there and grow there. So that was incredibly meaningful that you opened up and kind of put that on the table. I know you said you don't talk about it. So again, I want to thank you for being open and talking about it. Olivia, I think that's a great place to end our conversation about Washington, DC. There's a lot to learn from everything that you've shared. You know, you've definitely brought me to tears today and I'm appreciative of that. I want to our listeners to understand where they can connect with you. So if they want to follow you, learn more about you, listen to your podcast, where could our listeners find you? Yes, I'm the host of the U.S. Army Soldier for Life podcast. You can find it on Spotify, on Lipson, and iHeart, or iTunes. 
I'm also on Facebook as Olivia Nunn, or you can find me on LinkedIn as Olivia Nunn. And I'm also on Instagram and my handle is RCR Princess. Thanks, Olivia. All right, viewers, listeners, this has been another incredible installment of the Duty Station download. In fact, a very sobering one that I hope gave you as much clear perspective as, as I got from this. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation about what it's like living in D.C. at our nation's capital or being stationed at the Pentagon, you can write to us. The magic email address is podcast at vertforce.us. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for watching. If you loved this content as much as I loved creating it for you, remember to subscribe. Want to get in touch? You can reach me at podcast at vertforce.us. All content in this episode is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC.